Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. So our embassy opens in Israel, in Jerusalem, and we recognize its capital. And Palestine, Hamas, they go ape you know what. They lose their ever-loving mind. And so does the media. So does American media. It's insane. They basically make it seem like Israel, who is protecting their borders from these insane terrorists, that they're, you know, they're shooting these unarmed people. Bernie Sanders, you know, saying, oh, they're unarmed. You know, uh, Chelsea Handler talking about the left bank. Now, that's the West Bank, you moron. <laughs> I mean, they kept going on and on about how there are so many protesters, even though protesters are showing up with Molotov cocktails and, and slingshots and you know, they're using human shields, you know, disabled uh, people. They're throwing them to the front lines and they're also throwing out their uh, infants, you know, toddlers and what have you. I mean, it's insane. But, you know, what's amazing to me is they said, you know, well, um, like Chelsea Handler, listen to this. I'm glad Ivanka and Jared could take time away from their busy schedules of not being qualified to represent the U.S. to go represent the U.S. and celebrate moving the capital in exchange for the, um, you know, 50-plus Palestinians that have been killed. Well, Jordan uh, Schachtel from Conservative Review uh, wrote, Hamas official Shalal Barwaldi says that at least 50 of the 58 people who were killed on the Gaza border were members of Hamas. All of the outrage you saw in the legacy media over the past few days was over individuals who belong to a jihadist terrorist organization. So, yeah, they're flying kites with swastikas on it. They're hoping they can cross the border into Israel to, uh, you know, kill Jews from what they said. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. And that's the thing we have to be aware of is that's what is really going on. You know, remember back in April when we did our uh, Syria uh episodes we did two of them there was also a focus on israel attacking iran in syria and there was gaza protests that were protests there was gaza riots gaza attacks by iran hezbollah hamas you know those are the wings of uh iran that they use for their uh terror uh pushes remember the 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 quds forces that we talked about all of that stuff is used to focus in on destroying israel because that's the real goal. You know, if you know your biblical history, you know that the land of Canaan was what God gave to the Israelites. And they said, drive these people out because these people turned wicked and turned their back on God. So that's what they did. But the problem was the Israelites, you know, they kind of became friendly with some of them and they let them stay. And then that changed, you know, the course of events. So they were removed, they were judged, they were brought back, and, and it always happens so many cycles of years. And now we're in another cycle. And, you know, this 70th anniversary of the recognition of the Jewish state is very significant biblically. So having also on top of that, having the, uh, the embassy move to Jerusalem is also significant. But, you know, this is always lost on the leftist because they support... Hamas, 
They're acting as though these people are peaceful protesters. You know, they're not flying kites with swastikas over there. They're not, I mean, they're supporting Iran. Iran. Do you know where the root word for Iran comes from? Aryan, like Aryan nation. In fact, Hitler basically told the Persians, hey, you guys should be your own nation. Come up with your own name. I mean, so, you know, they're supporting these people. And one of the amazing things was this video that they had of somebody from Hamas talking. He's fed up of what the people from Hamas are doing. This is how he explains it. He said, Hamas is uh, the ones that sends us Facebook and text messages telling us to go. And in the mosque, they call and send flyers that tell us to go to the fence. They control the Gaza Strip and everything that happens goes right through them. Hamas organizes these riots so that the people won't revolt. Hamas tells themselves instead of having people revolt and turn against us, we'll send them to the fence and let them, quote, revolt there freely. When there is electricity, the televisions are on, streaming, quote, great march of return. March, march, go, march, and riot, end quote. Some people go to the riots, some don't. They prepare the buses to leave from, uh, from the areas, and they wait by the mosque. Hamas tells women to go forward. They go to the front of the line of the riots. Quote, you are a woman, go forward. The army does not shoot women, is what they tell them. They tell young children to go forward. Quote, the army, the IDF, does not shoot young children, end quote. They tell the child to go forward. He does. They trick him. They have established a committee that is responsible for the march and for telling people to go. People wear out and get fed up. And I am one of these people. And so this Hamas terrorist, he reached for the border fence between Gaza and Israel, and he was caught on camera explaining how Hamas forces civilians to participate in violence against Israel. And that was delivered by the IDF uh, Twitter account. It's pretty amazing, you know, and, and especially when you think about what's been going on here in America, what's going on in the, in, you know, our hemisphere. I mean, think about what's going on with Hezbollah, because Hezbollah is a wing of Iran. Hamas is a wing of Iran. And Hamas is deeply rooted in Central America and in South America. And they also have a lot of, uh, you know, infiltration into the United States. So we really need to worry about our borders. We need to worry about things like MS-13. You know, they're out there, uh, you know, decapitating and beheading people. Uh, they're running their drugs, their drug cartels. They're ripping hearts out of, of individuals. And so, you know, when it gets brought up, when the president goes to California and says, hey, these people are animals and you have the New York Times and the news media, Bette Midler's freaking out, and they're all taking his statements out of context, you have a leftist progressive wing of political ideology in America, a political party backing with Hamas, backing Iran, death to America, backing MS-13 and saying, well, you know, these people are human. The New York Times said Trump lashed out at an undocumented immigrant during a White House meeting, calling those trying to breach the country's borders animals. 
<laughs> it's amazing. And this is how all these other networks were uh, basically reporting it. C-SPAN said President Trump during California Sanctuary City's roundtable. These people aren't people, they're animals. Andrea Mitchell said a tough takedown by the California governor after Donald Trump calls people trying to get into the country animals, not people. Lawrence O'Donnell said these people aren't people, they're animals, quote Donald Trump. No one would condemn these words more than Jesus Christ. Christians who don't condemn these words don't understand their own religion. Yeah, tell us about religion there, Mr. O'Donnell. I mean, it's amazing. What's really amazing is what the AP reported the next day. The AP comes back after allowing this crap storm to go on for days, for days, and getting thousands and thousands of tweets. They put up the AP the Associated Press has deleted a tweet from late Wednesday on Trump's animals comment because uh, about immigrants because it wasn't made clear that he was speaking after a comment about gang members. Anyone who watched the freaking clip knew that. But the journalist decided to take it out of context and they were more worried about slandering a sitting president just because he has an R in front of his name and just because they dislike anything that he is doing to push back on the progressive uh, steamrolling that we've had for the last eight years, they're going to go ahead and take them out of context and they're going to side with MS-13. They're going to side with Hamas and because they hate Israel so much. They're anti-Semitic freaking, you know, they go, oh, these Zionists, uh, you know, we can't, we're going to sit there and uh, condemn Israel for firing on unarmed demonstrators. They're just protesting, you know, because they're trying to paint Israel as these evil, militant people that are just gunning down unarmed people. But these people were given warnings. They're flying leaflets out. I mean, I don't know what else Israel can do to warn people. But we have to worry about these actors of evil. Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas. You know, Iran's dealing with it. We need to deal with it. And we have to deal with it down at the border. Because we have, and within our own country. I mean, listen to this story that was uh, actually in the Free Beacon. Um, millions of taxpayer dollars appear to be going to support terrorists in the Middle East and Africa by using child care centers as fronts, according to an investigation in Minnesota. Local Fox affiliate Fox 9 KMSP tracked the flow of money and found it was going to parts of the world that raised serious red flags. The investigation revealed suitcases with millions of dollars, an estimated $100 million in 2017 alone, have been taken through Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport and to destinations in the Middle East and Africa, including parts of Somalia controlled by Al-Qaeda affiliate terrorist groups like Al-Shabaab. The funds have originally come from daycare centers that receive funding from the government for child care benefits. However, the daycare centers in many cases are not actually watching children. The video footage from outside one center showing a mother taking a a child in only to leave minutes later. The center billed the government as though the children were there all day. Another video appears to show a payment from a man to a mother as a cut for her assistance with the scheme. The money appears to be moved by Hawalas, people who carry out the transfer of money to people from the United States to places where there is no formal banking system. After the money is brought out of the country, it is often brought to relatives. 
Glenn Kearns, a retired Seattle police detective and former member of the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, said at least some money is going to Al-Shabaab and other terrorist groups. Quote, I talked to a couple of sources who had lived in that region, and I said, if money is going to this Hawala, do you think it's going to Al-Shabaab, Kearns said. And he said, oh, definitely. That area is controlled by Al-Shabaab, and they control the Hawala there. A number of daycare centers in Minnesota are currently under investigation or being considered suspicious. In previous daycare fraud schemes in Minnesota, funds used to be transferred out of the United States electronically, but authorities cracked down on that practice. Money legally can be carried out of the country in luggages, but it must be declared on government forms. In a response to Fox 9, um, the Minnesota State Senate scheduled a hearing to take up on the matter. So we had that going on in Minnesota. You know, where Dearbornistan is, we've got some serious issues there. Here's another issue that should raise red flags. The Muslim Brotherhood raises money in the West by launching online, quote, humans or human rights appeals using campaign names that mislead donors as to intend recipients of the cash and how it's going to be spent, according to an Egyptian journalist. Websites largely target Canadian and British residents with a focus on their Muslim populations, the group's marketing team uses glossy language to cover over the connection to the Brotherhood. The campaign seeks, uh, speaks of human rights and aiding prisoners. She claims the British crowdfunding website Reprieve is among those used by the Brotherhood to raise funds, and they target here in the United States with it. We need to know how our enemies behave, um, said one of the uh, reporters predicting a new wave of Muslim Brotherhood attacks. These strikes may not be restricted to terrorism, but could be in the realm of public relations using foreign media outlets under the pretense of human rights. Now, this individual who is reporting this from CBC TV believes the money goes to funding terror in Egypt and public relation campaigns internationally. These donations equate to the purchase of a bomb or bullet or the cost of hiring a terrorist, she said in her report. So they're using front groups to raise money. They're using daycare centers to launder money and take it back to terrorist operations. And what we're going to go over in the next segment is how they're using used car dealerships to launder money. They're using the drug trade to earn money, to raise money. They're laundering it through the used car dealerships. They're doing so throughout the, uh, the, you know, our hemisphere throughout Central America and South America and Hezbollah and Hamas. They're doing all of this right under our noses, and some of them are moving into the United States. Some of them are moving into uh, South America, into Central America, into, you know, a lot of it stems from Venezuela, the, the uh, Latin Syria, where that destabilization that's going on, thanks to their socialist uh, activities, has led to the ability to take advantage of that situation and use it to uh, infiltrate and grow uh, terrorist organizations. And so this is becoming a problem here on this side of the globe that no one's really talking about. Actually, if you go listen to Daniel Horowitz, he actually covered this ironically at the same time. He did it earlier this week and he did an amazing job, um, uh, probably better than what I'm going to do. But I found some good reports that I stumbled across and hopefully you'll listen to those. But basically what's going on should disturb you because Latin America is infested with Hezbollah. Some countries are fighting back. Chile, Peru, I believe. 
Some of them are allowing it. And when we get into the other side of the break, we're going to get into what's going on on our hemisphere, on our side of the globe, in the Americas, with Hezbollah. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. All right, before we get into the, uh, the meat of the Hezbollah-Latin America link-up, I want to say a couple things. Um, first off, keep those in your prayers, your thoughts and prayers. That's right, leftists. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and freaking prayers. No, seriously, keep prayers out for uh, those affected by the tragedy in uh, Santa Fe, uh, the Santa Fe High School in Houston, Texas. Um, you know, I, I'm still wondering how in the world are people getting into these schools with these weapons? Because, you know, I went to my son's uh, event the other day. I needed like a freaking eye retina scan to get through the day. Get through the freaking door. I mean, it was ridiculous. You have to sign in. There, you have to be buzzed in the front door. All the other doors are locked. You have to sign in, give up your identification. They scan it. I mean, how are other schools just so lackadaisical and allowing people to walk in with freaking weapons, especially rifles and shotguns and AR-15s? I mean, that's pretty daggone noticeable. I don't know, but that's just me. So, of course, we're going to be inundated with the flood of Second Amendment calls over the next couple weeks. So enjoy that. Get ready for that fun. And like I said, before we get into the Hezbollah and Iran's reach into Central and Latin America, I also want to say a few things about what we were just talking about. The media's defense of MS-13 over the obvious mischaracterization and blatantly out-of-context statements over the president calling the murderous drug cartel that Hezbollah is actually utilizing, I might add, as animals. Make no mistake, what the media did was purposeful. They took this out-of-context remark, basically allowing it to fester long enough so that the low-information voter would be at the water cooler the next morning saying, hey, did you hear that, that, that President Trump called immigrants animals? That's what they did with Israel. Did you hear where the Israeli military was shooting unarmed protesters? I mean, come on. It's criminal what the mainstream media is doing. They would rather side with a nation whose name derives from Aryan nation and chants death to America while burning flags on TV. Burning American flags. That's who they side with. They would rather bolster their political positions by building straw men like tangible targets to hate as they're trying to do with the NRA. Hey, I heard that the NRA got up this morning and shot up Santa Fe High School in Houston, Texas. I'm, I bet they brought an AR-15 with them, too. Seems to be the weapon of choice. Hashtag war on school. It's always a war on schools. But they build the straw man, just like they do with the NRA, and they would rather carry the cross of progressivism than to do the real job description as it entails, which is report the freaking news. And they scratch their heads wondering how a phenomenon such as the alternative dark web of journalism and the exchange of ideas has ever been hatched. It's because when the market begins to give you donkey feces, you look for new alternatives to fill the gap. Legacy media was able to sacrifice its standard of performance called ratings due to its corporate structures. I mean, NBC Entertainment, that component of the business can pick up the tab for its deficit built by NBC News. Time Warner could do the same for CNN. Ratings do not matter. You know? I mean, 
they could just indoctrinate through their reporting. You know, progressive drumbeat plays on until new technology arrives and allows us to maneuver right around the BS. Now they sit there, slack-jawed, dumbfounded at their irrelevancy. You know, if they, if they understood that the market responded to their utter BS and pathetic product that they've been slinging, if they understood capitalism and economics as we do, they would understand that this would be the result. Now the likes of Ben Shapiro and David Rubin and, and Jordan Peterson are moving way ahead of them while they continue to make the same mistakes. And they probably shouldn't have sat on autopilot for eight years writing fawning puff pieces. You know, asking Democrat candidates, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? And once a you know, Republican president arrives, they'll wake up and try to remember how to do their job. So they'll ask the GOP president, what's your favorite food? Oh, you like tacos? That's because you're a racist and you're culturally appropriating everything, you homophobic phobophobe. And that's the problem of the media. Clickbait and complete progressive partisanship. So while the media and the left, they spent all this week, listen to the things that they did. They were silent on gun violence on Friday morning when a man who removed the American flag from a flagpole at a Trump resort, brought it into a hotel lobby, began to yell anti-Trump rhetoric, waving a gun around. You know, they were silent on that gun violence up until the shooting at the school, and now it's like, oh, we got to take all the guns away, you know? Even though the guy's picture on his Facebook page looks very Antifa-ish, doesn't look like an NRA member to me. You know, they were silent on that, and they were very vocal about that, but then they were also spending all week, you know, defending a regime that chants death to America. They defended an evil drug cartel because the president calls them animals, and we have to think of a bigger issue at hand than this crap that they're feeding us this week. We got Hamas and Hezbollah in our back door, being aided by MS-13. I mean, and think of that, by the way. The left is so consumed with their hatred for the president, you know, because they believe he's a rapist. You know, grab him by the hoo-ha, that they've actually decided to defend an entire group of rapists simply because they're on the other side of the argument. I mean, what we need to be concerned about is that entire group, MS-13. And we need to be concerned about their effects that they will have on our national security. Daily Caller wrote this. While Hezbollah, a.k.a. Lebanon's uh, Shia Islam Party of God, is most well-known for both raining down rockets on Israel and fighting fighting in Syria on behalf of Bashar al-Assad, its growing profile in Latin America has been gaining attention. And that's because it's grown into a billion-dollar syndicate through illicit financing in Venezuela, Bolivia, Paraguay, Panama, and beyond to fund global terror at Iran's bidding. Its reach beyond the Middle East exploits the vast Lebanese expatriate community throughout Latin America to traffic in drugs like cocaine while money laundering via black market, used car sales to Africa and cigarette smuggling. It counts on Hawala systems like we talked about earlier. That's how they you know, traffic the money around, money couriers, to help avoid detection, as well as friendly faces like Venezuela's uh, Vice President Tarek El Alassimi. I guess that's how you say his name. El Asimi, that's how you say it. An ethnic Syrian Lebanese 43-year-old former governor with deep ties to the Arab community in his home country. 
See, we're not getting that from the news media. No, they're, they're too busy talking about MS-13 being animals or actually being humans. Think of them as humans. How about tell us about what's going on in Latin America, guys? In February 2017, the uh, vice president of Venezuela was sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department as a specially designed narcotics trafficker. <laughs> Amazing. Though Hezbollah's strength in America partly comes from an imploding Venezuela, the physical threat extends far beyond its borders. In 2016, Peru held a terror trial against the alleged Hezbollah operative from Lebanon, then 30-year-old Mohammed Ghalib Hander. He was caught in 2014 with traces of nitroglycerin on his hands and apartment, plus photographs of Peruvian landmarks and buildings. During questioning, he even admitted to being a member of Hezbollah on surveillance mission. Bogus passports from Sierra Leone and all. Had Iran and or Hezbollah decided to punish Peruvians, the Jewish community, and or Americans in Peru by blowing up a building or attacking a conference in Lima, the Ayatollah would have needed to launch, all, all the Ayatollah would needed to do was launch a sleeper agent, again, like a hander, you know? Through the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, they created Project Cassandra to target Hezbollah 10 years ago. But they were stifled by the Obama White House, which made signing the Iran nuclear deal a priority over cracking down on the Ayatollah's terror proxy. Thank you, Obama. That's your legacy. Thank God Donald Trump ripped that apart. It's only been a, uh, in the past year that America has learned of what happened through the congressional hearings and media reports. According to Representative Pintker from North Carolina, quote, the witnesses providing account of the Obama administration derailing and stonewalling the prosecution of this illicit funding investigation has resulted in the most serious consequences of the misguided and unjudicious actions of President Obama and his team. I'd say so. Amazing. Let's recall the bombings of uh, AMIA Cultural Center and the Israeli embassy, both in Buenos Aires, Argentina in the early 1990s. This all happened back in the 90s, and they were the deadliest Islamic attacks in the Americas prior to 9-11. Let's also recall that Argentina's chief prosecutor was assassinated in 2015, just days after releasing his damning report about the former Argentine government's uh, efforts to cover up Iran's role in those attacks. In December of 2017, Argentina's former president, Fernandez de uh, Kincher was charged with treason by an Argentine judge over the scandal. Fortunately, things are beginning to change in D.C. with respect to Hezbollah. In 20, uh, January 2018, Jeff Sessions wisely announced the creation of the Justice Department's Hezbollah financing and narco-counterterrorism team, which will pick up where Project Cassandra left off, which is good because we need to have that in, in check. But, you know, reporting from the uh, Center for Security Policy goes further. Reporting on cooperation between Iran and Iran's proxies, groups like Hezbollah in countries in Latin America, such as Venezuela, as well as drug cartels, has been extensive. Southcom, which is responsible for all military activities in South and Central America, has explicitly talked about infiltration of Sunni extremists from Middle East and from Afghanistan, Pakistan regions, and from East Africa, broaching our southern border. These infiltrations, which are carried out with the help of, of professional smugglers trained in smuggling illegal immigrants from Latin America, represent a major problem given the threat of the Islamic State, which is 
now been dialed down, but you know, like we talked about earlier, they're not completely gone. They're still sleeping. They're in Syria. They're in Iraq. They're just not vocal, and they're waiting for the right time to reemerge. But anyways, it is particularly worrisome given the fact that the Southern Command reported that the infiltration of 30,000 individuals from the Middle East, which is the equivalent of 10% of the total illegal smuggling, come from the southern border. It's really amazing when you, when you do some digging and you find out where, like, think about the passports. Think about all of those. Do you remember the report of the Venezuelan uh, embassy? I think it was an embassy in Venezuela that showed all of these fraudulent passports from Iraq. I mean, that were, or from Iraqis to America. Yeah, that was all found in Venezuela. And there's a reason that they're doing this. There's a reason that Venezuela is assisting them. Now, Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review went further as it relates to the left's push for DACA and the pathway to citizenship. Because, you know, we have to help these dreamers. The misguided sympathy for most uh, for amnesty for children and asylum for family units is not only a fiscal drain on the country and the foundation of our drug and gang problem. It also provides Hezbollah, the drug cartels that work together with the perfect opportunity to smuggle in high value Middle Eastern operatives. Now that we've decided to allow in thousands of bogus asylum seekers, the cartels have the perfect diversion through which to sneak in what the intelligence community calls special interest aliens, SIAs. As Breitbart Texas reported, border agents are concerned about this growing trend after two more Syrians were caught crossing the desert in the Laredo sector. They crossed the border in the same area where almost 300 Bangladeshis were caught this past year. And the question is, how many have come over undetected? Here is the significance of the Laredo as the prime location for smuggling Middle Easterners. As Bob Prince of Breitbart rightly observes, this is the area that is fully controlled by the Los Zetas cartel. Now, the Zetas are notoriously the most brutal cartel, but also the one with the most established ties to Hezbollah. It is very likely that they have partnered with the Iranian-backed terror group to smuggle in Middle Easterners in return for weapons, training, and access to some of Hezbollah's global cocaine market, particularly in West Africa. Los Zetas, unlike the uh, Sineola cartel, works primarily in the cocaine trade, as opposed to heroin. Recently, there has been an uptick in cocaine supply and a surge in deaths from fentanyl-laced cocaine now rivaling the crisis of fentanyl-laced heroin, which was brought in primarily by the Sinaloa cartel. And how do Middle Easterners arrive at the border? As the Washington Times reported recently, based on new information from the Treasury Department um, indicted against the uh, Transnational Crime Organization, Middle Easterners pay up to 27000 to be smuggled from Lebanon and are given fake documents to travel to Brazil and other Latin American countries. Remember, anything coming out of Lebanon is controlled by Hezbollah, which also has a large base of operations in Brazil and surrounding South American countries, as well as Central American countries, such as Nicaragua and El Salvador. Brazil is home to some of the largest Lebanese diaspora in the world. And the open border, with its sympathy for family units, is enriching Hezbollah through the drug and human smuggling trade. So, you know, we have to look into this because some of the problems that we have are some of these areas are ungoverned. 
You know, it's almost like the Middle East where we have the tribal areas. Some of them are like that in Mexico. Some of the areas in Brazil. The government just doesn't have the resources to govern those areas. And Hezbollah has been able to infiltrate those areas, turn bases into them. Remember we did a couple of years ago about the report about the Hezbollah base in Cuba? Go back and read that. And what's interesting is some of the funding methods because another situation that we talked about, you know, the Awan brothers, Pakistani, they are the ones that were controlling the IT uh, divisions of the Democrat National Committee, which they didn't have any IT experience. They were known to be doing business with uh, Hezbollah. They were seen in Pakistan with people associated with Hezbollah. And they also had a car dealership. Wow, they're pretty enterprising, aren't they? Remember when they were selling their houses back and forth to each other and committing bank fraud? Yeah, they also had a car dealership. So, uh, you know, we find out that Hezbollah likes car dealerships, and that's how they run their money from ABC News. The story sounds like the script of a big screen blockbuster. The plot mixes terrorists and a major bank and an international drug ring and features an unexpected cameo by used car dealers. But U.S. authorities say the global conspiracy they discovered is no movie and that the all-too-real scheme helped fund Hezbollah. The DEA and the Treasury Department announced Thursday that under provisions of the Patriot Act, the U.S. is barring American financial institutions from doing business with the Lebanese Canadian Bank, the LCB. Not to be confused with the LBC, yo. (laughs) Anyways, Treasury officials allege that the bank has been laundering narcotics proceeds as much as $200 million per month on behalf of an international drug ring run by Lebanese trafficker named Ayman Hawama. According to officials, a big slice of the drug profits were funneled back to Hezbollah in Lebanon, and he and nine other co-conspirators through an African affiliate of LCB. And where did the used cars come in? They allegedly helped launder the money. According to the Treasury, cash from the drug sales in Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East, first laundered through uh, money exchanges in Lebanon, are then wired to the U.S. car dealers uh, via LCB. And then the dealers then ship the cars to West Africa, and the proceeds from the sales of the cars in West Africa are sent via LCB affiliates in Gambia to Hezbollah in Lebanon. None of the American cars um, used car dealers allegedly involved in the transactions were identified. And maybe that's why we keep seeing all these like used Toyotas over there with ISIS. I don't know. Could be a connection there. Treasury officials also said that wire transfers from LCB were sent to U.S. correspondents to pay Asian suppliers of consumer goods. The goods were then shipped to Latin America and sold for local currency. Under the Patriot Act, LCB has now been labeled a financial institution of primary money laundering concern. The U.S. government has designated Hezbollah a foreign terrorist organization, which that brought up the same thing that Powerline brought up. Remember the Awan brothers. Quote, the Awans controlled a limited liability corporation called Cars International A, CIA, a car dealership with odd finances that took but did not repay a $100,000 loan from a one Dr. Ali Al-Attar. Laundering money through used car dealerships is a known Hezbollah tactic. A former CIA officer um, who says Dr. Attar, the man who loaned the Awans car dealership the 100 million or 100,000 
was observed in Beirut, Lebanon, conversing with a Hezbollah official in 2012, shortly before the loan was made. Politico has demonstrated that Hezbollah was laundering narcotic um, or narco-terror money through its used dealership, used car dealerships. The Awans owned a used car dealership and obtained a loan from a man, according to a former CIA officer, who had connections to Lebanon's Hezbollah. Does this prove the Awans were laundering money for Hezbollah? No, it's just suggestive. However, the suggestion does seem to be look, you know, to be worth looking into. And remember, the Awans handled IT responsibilities for the leading House Democrats and through this work, had access to highly sensitive intelligence information. Indeed, they performed IT services for at least three members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and five members of the House uh, Committee on Foreign Affairs and were among the dozens of members who employed them on a shared basis. Amazing. If the Awans were laundering Hezbollah money, the security implications of the Awan scandal are vast. And could this be... You know, could the, a cover-up of the Awans by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Keith Ellison and, and Al Green and, you know, all those cats and, and could, you know, the Iran deal, the, the, all the things we gave up to Russia, like the Skoklovo, uh, you know, Russian sector, the technology sector that they were building, that they were actually using for uh, military intelligence espionage against the United States, the uranium deals that we made that the Clintons got all this money back for, you know? Could the gun running from Benghazi to Syria, from, from Gaddafi's guns, you know, and our involvement in Syria, could all of this be all tied together and be a part of a huge cover-up that is being shielded by the Mueller investigation into Trump as the Russian collusion investigation? I don't know. And could Hezbollah's involvement in Latin America be significantly overlooked for eight years under Obama simply to facilitate the Iran deal that Trump just dismantled? I don't know. Time will tell, but we'll keep you up to date on it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out my podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, uh, TuneIn, also on uh, the Roku channel. Oh, also on iHeart. We're also on the Roku uh, streaming devices on the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. Donate to my Patreon account, patreon.com slash the Adrian Slade Show, and check out the blog at adriansladeshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.